Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Welcome back. Today I thought we'd cover something that actually I've never talked about or thought about. don't think I've ever done a column on this. And I'll give you a little backstory. Recently I was doing uh, some pieces. Actually, we did a podcast on that previously on uh, the concerns that a lot of people have when they retire. They're not earning money anymore. And now the money to pay all of their expenses, including their financial planner, comes out of their savings. So a lot of folks get really concerned, even though their fee-only fiduciary planners have included fees and figured out that they're fine. It looks like a lot of money, and it is when it's expressed in dollars rather than percentages. And sometimes they end up firing that planner because of money scripts that say, I'm retiring now, I've got to scrimp, I've got to be very careful, or I can't, I can't afford it, money scripts. And it kind of hit me during that. It's kind of like, who is going to be with the, uh, the consumer to tell them when their financial planner is unaffordable. That's kind of like wondering uh, when you're buying a really expensive refrigerator or car, can you rely on the salesperson to say, yeah, I, I really don't think you should be buying this or that you can't afford this. I mean, if you can figure a way to lay down the money, they're going to sell you the product and rightfully so. It's not their job to tell you you can't afford it. It's not their position uh, legally to be looking out after you. That's your position. That's your responsibility. So what happens with a financial planner, and I'm not talking about a financial planner who's compensated by uh, commissions or selling things. I'm talking about a fee-only fiduciary plan. Who is going to look out for the consumer and tell them when their fiduciary planner is costing them too much? And some things that come to mind might be an accountant, might be a bookkeeper, but they won't necessarily have the whole picture. So who is that person? And it hit me. (laughs) That person is the planner. Now you might be going, okay, Rick, uh, that sounds a little self-serving. You've got to be kidding me that the very person that you're hiring is going to be the person that say you need that says you need to fire me. And that's exactly what I'm saying. And here is my reasoning. I just look back on my career as a financial planner and uh, the mindset of a fee-only financial planner fiduciary is advocacy. I mean, it's in the, in the heart and soul of a fiduciary fee-only planner. It's one of the big reasons that they're in that practice to begin with. 
and not making loads of money, it's really easy to make two, three, four times as much money selling stuff. So part and parcel with that culture, with that mindset of I am looking out after you (laughs) is also, wow, it makes no sense for you to be paying me. All right, does that really happen? I would suggest it does, and I would suggest I don't have to look much further than myself. I cannot tell you how many times that I've told prospects that, and I've used these words, I want to tell you something. If I was your financial planner, I would tell you that hiring me is not a good financial decision. And it's usually met with a little bit of um, amazement, like really? And, uh, and I can understand why. But it's, it's really true. So many times when I've interviewed somebody, their, their case just isn't, doesn't rise to the level of needing the type of services that certainly I've provided in the past. And oftentimes I can help, help these folks. Sometimes I just help them right in the no charge interview. Like, Hey, here's your big problem. Why don't you do this, 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 and, and you're good. Sometimes it can be uh, handled in paying the planner for an hour of their time. I call that yellow pad financial planning. And that can cost $250 to $750 an hour and can be the best money you ever spent. So I think a person can have some confidence that when you're interviewing a fee only personal financial planner, that part of their fiduciary duty, part of their responsibility, part of being an advocate is to be honest with you and disclose to you when they really think that hiring them isn't a good deal. I mean, think about this. So I have somebody that I don't know, you can just make this up, makes 40000 a year, they have $100,000, and uh, my minimum fee for planning is $32.50 a year. $32.50 a year is not quite 10% of their income, represents 3.25% of their $100,000. And let's, let's just say that maybe, you know, they're single, no family. Wow, that's pretty expensive. Now imagine that they become my client, I take them on, and now I'm advocating for them. And I'm looking at their budgets, and I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at what they're paying. And I see this $3,250 fee. And I'm like, what are they getting for that? Well, they're getting some really good advice. But how many hours a year does the planner have into them? Well, maybe four hours, five hours. Wow. That's pretty expensive advice. And as a percent of the investments, 3.2%, that's almost what you'd expect to be paying in an annuity. And if you've listened to me for very long, you know, I'm not, not a great fan of annuities. They usually have very high commissions and very high fees. How can I as a planner sit with that? How can I as a planner justify that? That would be very difficult. So, that's, that was what was on my mind. And I, I know emotionally there's a lot of fear 
around, wow, can I afford this person? And it's just not normal that the person would tell you, you can't afford me. Now, there are folks like that in many, many professions. I mean, uh, I could see an attorney giving that type of advice. I could see an accountant. There, There's many folks, there's, I'm sure, even salespeople who uh, would rise to the uh, ethics of, of saying, you know, I'd love to sell this to you, but I, I just can't because it's not a good fit. So I'm not uh, taking away anything from any other profession. I am saying that a fee-only financial planner has a fiduciary, which is a legal responsibility to put your interests first. And that extends to the fee that you are paying. So I wanted to get that out there because I, I had never had that thought before. Uh, it's just something I do. In fact, uh, when we interview people in our firm, we try not to go through to the final interview unless we absolutely are convinced that we can help them. And I am not the only, the only financial planner, financial therapist that does that. There's literally hundreds of uh, client-centered, advice-only uh, financial professionals that feel the very same way and practice uh, with that type of, um, of conscious. So, so my hope is that this can eliminate uh, a little bit of anxiety for you as when you're going to or interviewing a fee-only financial planner, whether you can afford them or not. I think uh, you still need to be responsible for yourself. You still need to uh, 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 not be giving over all your power to someone. But I think you're going to find that in interviewing this specific type of, of financial professional, that you may get this advice um, and it might surprise you. So, of course, you've got to be very careful that you're interviewing a fee-only financial planner as opposed to a fee-based financial planner, which is fee and commission, or uh, one that uh, is compensated by uh, commissions only. So absolutely, you've got to do your homework there and make sure you're, you're in front of a fee-for-service financial therapy. To be a certified financial therapist, you must be fee-only because how could you possibly be a financial therapist and sell stuff? I mean, that'd be like being a medical doctor and the only way you're compensated is by selling drugs. So, so I hope that this can, this helps. I hope that it helps you to relax a little bit around can I afford a family financial planner? What is my in my best interest? Should I buy an hour of their time? Uh, sometimes I've had folks uh, come to me and and it's real apparent uh, with the money they have that if they just put it into the one uh, one of the Vanguard one size fits all plans, uh, that that's all they need for investment advice. And sometimes uh, you can save literally thousands of dollars a year in doing that. So, for example, a commission 
person could take your hundred thousand and charge, say, um, percent and a half advisor fee, one and a quarter percent mutual fund fee, which is two point two seven five percent a year. On a hundred thousand, that'd be a twenty seven hundred and fifty dollars a year. If uh, your money earns seven percent a year, year in and year out, less that fee, and maybe. 40 years or so, you would have over a half a million dollars. That sounds pretty good. If you took that same money and put it in the Vanguard Total World Stock Fund at uh, a cost of 0.08, not 2.75, but 0.08 a year, at 65, you'd have over a million and a half dollars. So it makes a big difference. The fees you pay make a, a big difference. Is Financial planning worth it? Yes. If you need it, absolutely. Vanguard came out and said the value of advice is about 3% a year more return. And maybe someday I'll do a podcast and break that down. What's the benefit of financial therapy? <laughs> it can be huge. I mean, one of my financial therapy clients, we just saved $54,000 in a making a move that they had no clue existed when we started therapy. You know? So does that happen all the time? Not necessarily. But uh, it, it's one of the benefits of seeking out really good support and really good help. Okay. So I hope this is helpful to you. And um, uh, again, if you have any questions, drop me a line at rick at rickkaler.com. And uh, if I don't know the answer, I'll point you the right direction. So, take care. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior, whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.